0: No one's better than me. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Blow yeah. Friday, June twelfth. You, me, locked on dolphins. Lock it in. Welcome Dolphins fans, I'm your host Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, managing editor of USA Today's DolphinsWire.com, NFL Draft Analyst at the TheDraftNetwork.com, and boy I'm excited to get into this. Uh, if you're not initiated with my content schedule, my cohort at The Draft Network, uh, Joe Marino and I do a podcast entitled The Draft Dudes Podcast, and I took advantage of this really great question that I was asked for Power to the Pod. And we're going to do a series on it over at Draft Dudes. Uh, but the Dolphins-specific content, he's host of Locked on Bills. He's a Bills fan. He's going to do Bills-specific on Locked on Bills. I'm doing Dolphins-specific on Locked on Dolphins. If the NFL had an expansion draft, how would the Dolphins choose to handle what five players they made eligible based on the rules and restrictions that were in place? the last time the NFL did an expansion draft, which was back in 2002? It's an excellent question. I read it out loud and realized how big of a time commitment that was going to be to bring it to life, really. And, and we've decided to turn it into kind of this league-wide thing, and then we have an imaginary team uh, that we're going to draft uh, a, a roster off of based off of the players that are made eligible by uh, each of the teams. So today on the show, that's, that's our primary objective, is to outline... The Miami Dolphins, what players they would make eligible in a hypothetical 2021 expansion draft and why. But before we do, we do have two Miami Dolphins who met with the South Florida media yesterday via Zoom, of course. And, and I do think addressing some of the tidbits that were revealed between Ted Karras and Christian Wilkins is a worthwhile discussion. So let's start there before we get into the expansion draft Uh information for the Dolphins, which will come uh, in the back half of today's show. Former New England Patriots center Ted Karras signed with the Miami Dolphins on a one-year deal this offseason, looking to prove that he can serve as the team's long-term starting center. And ahead of training camp opening, presumably on time next month, Karras met with the South Florida media and offered ample praise for the Dolphins on multiple fronts, including quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick. I've been a fan of Fitzpatrick for a long time. I love the way he plays. We definitely communicated a lot this spring. I'm really excited to get started in person, start getting some reps together, but I love the way he plays. He's been a great leader and very welcoming to me so far, so I'm really excited to get work with him and play some ball. When asked about the Miami Dolphins' offensive line overhaul and some of the personnel that the Dolphins are going to tout this season, Karis offered praise on that front as well. I'm excited to get in with the offensive line, he said. There's some big dudes coming in. We're going to have a pretty big O-line, and that's exciting, and everyone's been working hard. I'm really excited to just get everyone together whenever that may be, but I think it's going to be a really good competitive camp. Everything is going to be competition, and we're going to have to have the best five guys out there week one and start putting it together. Karras himself knows a fair bit about offensive line competition, coming from the New England Patriots, which probably boast one of the top interior offensive lines in all of football, between offensive guards Joe Thune and Shaq Mason, and returning starter David Andrews, who Karras started for in 2019 when Andrews was diagnosed with blood clots in his lungs. Andrews' return to health made Karras expendable, although the Patriots did try to re-sign Karras, and reportedly Karras took a lesser deal with the Dolphins to get the chance to start in 2020 and parlay that into a more long-term deal somewhere down the line. But Karras wasn't the only member of the Dolphins to meet with the South Florida media yesterday, and he certainly wasn't the only member of the Dolphins to provide a juicy tidbit. Christian Wilkins was another member of the team who met with the South Florida media via Zoom, and he was asked specifically about his versatility. For me, really, he said, I just take a lot of pride in being able to do my job, and a lot of other jobs along the defensive line. and The saying in the NFL is, the more you can do, the better. So I always try to add a lot to my game. And that comes from film study, working out hard, and just really honing in on my craft at every position on the defensive line. That versatility is huge, and I'm glad I'll be able to do that for this team because anything that can help this team, I'm all for. We've got a really versatile defense. We do a lot of different fronts, a lot of different things up front. I'm glad I'll be able to do those things as a big part Of our defense Wilkins of course whether he was tasked with playing a base end a penetration style three technique or more of a two-gap interior defender he was charged with very high amounts of responsibility and was on the field for a very high amount of the defensive snaps as an interior defensive lineman for the Dolphins last year but he also logged 157 snaps on special teams and a handful of snaps on offense highlighted with a two-yard touchdown reception against the Cincinnati Bengals Christian Wilkins and that versatility that he referenced is one of the reasons why he was a no-brainer selection for the Dolphins in the 2019 NFL Draft. Plus football character, very hardworking individual who is obnoxiously passionate about the game of football. Having those core pieces, and Christian Wilkins being one of them, on this roster as this team looks to graduate from being a scrappy underdog to a competitive young roster looking to push for a playoff spot, Wilkins and that energy will be highly valued. But his value should be showcased much better in 2020 than what it was in 2019 when he was playing amongst a group that could best be classified as an island of misfit toys along the defensive line. Aside of Devon Godshell, the Dolphins have attempted to bring in new talent to replace almost every rotational player in the defensive line, a very telling move by the Dolphins that what they had last year was not good enough, but Wilkins himself should be a player who is able to showcase his talent at a much greater level in 2020 because he actually has complementary talents around him. Perhaps that is the key to seeing his versatility unlock the kind of production that comes with the expectations of being a top 15 selection. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for the last 20 years. You can go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate, quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers alike. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
0: So without further ado, let's talk about the concept of an expansion draft. Let's talk about what this structure looked like. This last happened in 2002 for the Houston Texans. Here are the rules and procedures that were required amongst the expansion team itself and the other 31 teams in the league. Each NFL team listed five players that could be selected by the expansion team in question. The expansion team was required to claim either 30 players or 38% of that year's salary cap total. After the, teams, the expansion team selected a player from an existing team's pool of five eligible players, the existing team could then remove one player from their remaining list of eligible players. If a second player is taken from the same team, the existing team could, but is not required, to pull back all of their remaining players. This is important to note because the last time we did an expansion draft in 2002, there were three New York Jets and three Jacksonville Jaguars that were selected in the expansion draft by the Houston Texans. Player limitations. Existing teams were not allowed to put punters or kickers on the list, so the Dolphins special teamers are safe in this exercise. Nor any player from their 2001 roster who would become an unrestricted free agent for the following season. So players who are on expiring contracts for the Dolphins this year are not eligible for this exercise. They could not list players who went on injured reserve during that year's training camp. So anybody who gets put on injured reserve this year will also not be available. For the sake of this exercise, we're going to assume everybody's healthy. It's the easiest way to do it. Their list could only include one player with more than 10 years of tenure in the NFL. Of all the teams in the league, this is least relevant to the Miami Dolphins, who I believe only have one player available with 10 plus years tenure. So no restrictions there for the Dolphins, the luxuries of being one of the youngest teams in the league. What makes this such an interesting question in my mind, and it's probably because I'm a draft guy, is because there's strategy here as it pertains to who you qualify to be eligible to be picked. Picking players who are on rookie contracts, unless they are a player that blatantly does not have a future with your team, doesn't make a lot of sense. They're cheap labor. Picking a guy on a veteran's minimum might make sense because you don't care in the grand scheme of your team construction about that player being a piece of the puzzle. But if they're on your roster, odds are you probably have some level of interest in having that player be on the team. And by putting up a bunch of cheap labor, you're almost inviting those players to be picked. So you kind of have to walk the line and find the contracts That might benefit your team if they're gone, because the risk associated with them is at a certain level, and you probably won't miss that player a whole ton if they are drafted, but if they are drafted, it benefits your team by finding salary cap space. So for example, today on Draft Dudes, we did the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers will enter enter next offseason with approximately $28 million in cap, and a plethora of of players that need to be retained. How are they going to find replacements for all of those players or sign all of those players? They don't have the cap space to do it. So the Pittsburgh Steelers specifically were a team that between Joe Marino and I, we made Marquise Pouncey available, who's 32 years old, a declining player, and owed $15 million against the cap in 2021. That is a contract, a player whose price point is probably not going to be equivalent to his play on the field. Those are the logical players to be nominated. So when you think about the Houston Texans draft back in 2002, some of the early picked players, and and some of those players who were made available and actually picked by the team, Tony Baselli from the Jacksonville Jaguars, he had almost a $7 million cap hit, that year, salary cap that season was twenty-seven um, $27 million was the 38% of the O2 cap. So at that time, that point in time, a $7 million cap hit was a pretty substantial number. Tony Baselli, obviously, terrific offensive tackle player, but had been battling injuries. And the team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, looked at his forecast from that point forward in time. And felt it would be beneficial if they were going to lose a player. Let's lose a player who injuries are a problem. We can't rely on him. We're paying him a ton of money. Great example. I think you can make a case for the Pittsburgh Steelers as as part of the exercise that we did on draft dudes. We ultimately did not elect to do this. Ben Roethlisberger. He's going to be 39 years old next year. He is going to be owed $41 million in, in cap space. He could qualify as your one player with 10-plus years of tenure in the league. Makes a lot of sense. But, you know, they also had Joe Hayden and Marquise Pouncey's close to tenure. So, like that, those barriers are put in place for the 10 years of tenure so that you're not just dumping vets callously. So, the Dolphins will not have that problem in this exercise. But the way Joe and I, for Draft Dudes, decided to do the entirety of the project is to forecast the 2002 or 2020 season. I've already done a schedule prediction for the Dolphins—a way too early schedule prediction—and I chose to view the world through slightly teal and orange-colored glasses. When I did the schedule prediction, when they did the schedule release after the NFL draft, projected this team nine and seven. I think they've got winnable games if they play to their potential. I think that's a very realistic outcome for the Miami Dolphins. And then you can get into well, Bovada's offering plus three hundred and fifty on the no, on the yes if the Dolphins make the playoffs. Is that worth throwing some money on? I'm not going to tell you what to do with your money. But if I were a betting man, and I may or may not be a betting man, that plus three hundred and fifty. Because I genuinely believe this team is going to push for plus 500 this year. It's tempting. Especially because the over-under for the Dolphins uh, on win total this year is like six. So they don't have. we don't have the respect from the betters in Vegas. And understandable, there's a lot of new pieces. And this offseason is trying. A lot of extenuating circumstances. Uh, but for the sake of the exercise in having to do the every every team together with Joe and doing schedule predictions and forecasts, we did have to come to a consensus. So for the sake of this exercise, Joe doesn't know this yet. I told him I was going to say 7 and 9. I'm saying 8 and 8. So I'll come in slightly below my projection based off my first schedule prediction of 9 and 7. Let's pretend in the 2020 season the Dolphins go 8 and 8 and eight. Nobody gets hurt on injured reserve. Everybody that's on the roster right now is eligible to be put up onto the expansion draft, not including players who the Dolphins may extend, whether that's Raquel McMillan or Devon Godshaw or so on and so forth, who at this point in time are expiring contracts and hence not eligible. So who is eligible? Before we say who I would nominate and make available, we have to acknowledge who the eligible players are. One of them is Tua Tungavailoa. Guess what? He's not getting put on the list. There is another quarterback, Josh Rosen, who's under contract for 2021, who is eligible, owed $3 million in 2021. Keep that name in mind. We're going to go position by position here and just acknowledge the players who are eligible based on the criteria to be put on the list. Running backs. Plenty to choose from. Running back Jordan Howard owed $5 million, is eligible. Running back Kalen Balaj, owed just over $1 million, is eligible. Both of those guys in contracts years in 2021. Running backs Miles Gaskin, Patrick Laird and Malcolm Perry are all also eligible. Small dollar contracts, all six-figure contracts. So, again, cheap young talent. Probably not going to make a lot of sense to nominate. Chandler Cox, fullback. Eh, maybe. Shane Gailey, don't know how much we he is fullback. Guess we'll wait and see. Devontae Parker, Jakeem Grant, both under contract through 2023. Both eligible. Devontae Parker will be owed $11 million in 2021. Jakeem Grant, just short of $5 million. Jakeem Grant, going to be between $4.5 and and $5 million every year for the next four years. Alan Hearns is eligible in a contract year owed $3.5 million in 2021. And then, again, cheap young talent, including several guys who aren't going to make the roster. Preston Williams, Gary Jennings, Matt Cole, Kirk Marin. Tight ends, both Mike Kisecki and Durham Smythe are eligible. Gisecki owed $2.1 million. Durham Smythe owed $1 million. Offensive line. Slew of guys like the Deion Calhoun, Keaton Sutherland, Danelle Stanley, the the guys that aren't going to make the roster, yes, they're all technically eligible. But of prominent players, Michael Dieter, Solomon Kindley, Jesse Davis, and Eric Flowers are the names that are eligible, plus Robert Hunt and Austin Jackson, who, by the way, just signed his rookie contract. Um yesterday so good news for the Dolphins getting Austin Jackson under contract ahead of the opening of training camp next month not one of these none of the draft picks are going to be on the list We can just eliminate them now
1: if you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason look no further than the locked on NFL scouting podcast
0: Before I get too long-winded, let's go through it. Let's go, let's go through the offensive players that I ended up putting on the list. For full transparency sake, four of my five players are on the offensive side of the football that I am making eligible for a hypothetical expansion draft. Josh Rosen being the first one. Rosen, young quarterback, this expansion draft would be taking place before free agency and before the 2021 NFL draft. So the timing is good for the Dolphins because if the Dolphins hang on to Rosen throughout the rest of this year, and he's entering into a contract year, I've talked about this rehabilitation of Rosen and how I think that's the best way to handle Josh Rosen, but there is a problem here that's kind of become apparent the more I've sat down and looked at it. Rosen's entering 2021 in a contract year. The team is not going to exercise the man's fifth-year option. Let's be abundantly clear there. They won't. Hence, you lose trade value for an asset when it only offers one year or potentially less at the trade deadline of control. No team is going to trade for Josh Rosen in the training camp or preseason of 2021, knowing they're not going to exercise this option either because you're literally talking about like $18 million fifth-year option. Nobody's going to take on that fifth-year option. So you are literally giving an asset for a one-year rental for a player who is working off rehabilitated practice reps unless Rosen is forced into action this year and plays well. It's an interesting conflict, which makes me think I may have misspoken when I said the Dolphins should hold on to him this season, unless they want to decline his option and negotiate a backup contract with him, in which case, game on, or back on as resumed with my thought process. But Rosen makes sense because because it's ahead of free agency and the draft, the Dolphins will have ample opportunity to identify a reliable backup quarterback to serve behind Tua since Fitzpatrick is in a contract year this year. Kalen Bellage is my number two. This is a flush the toilet eligible pick. Assuming Bellage makes the roster this year, which I don't think he will, but assuming because he's on it here, He's eligible. Seven-figure deal, or seven-figure salary. Some of the worst running back play that we've seen as Miami Dolphins fans in recent memory, which is saying a lot because we've lived through years and years of Daniel Thomas in the backfield. Plus, I know he really rubbed people the wrong way when when he was asked amongst averaging less than two yards per carry, what he had to prove. And he said he didn't have anything to prove. You kind of do, Kalen. So I think Kalen Balaj is a no-brainer for the sense of the Dolphins making moves in the backfield is very telling. Jordan Howard's on a short-term deal. This team opted not to draft a running back in the 2020 NFL draft prioritizing the trenches. I appreciate the approach. I like Jordan Howard a lot, and I like Matt Breida, even though Breida's on a contract year. But the Dolphins will have an opportunity this upcoming offseason, via the draft or free agency, to again make an economic decision to extend that running back upgrade. Kalen Bellage is the odd man now. I have two wide receivers that made the cut. The first one is Alan Hearns owed $3.56 million in 2021. The Dolphins, because they do have almost $55, $60 million in cap to their name next offseason, aren't going to be a team that's doing a ton of salary dumps. They don't have to put guys up that are owed eight-figure salaries next year because it's it's the salary cap's a non-issue for the Dolphins. Alan Hearns, though, a player that is owed over $3.5 million. I understand he earned himself a short-term extension. The team likes him. But I don't know what Alan Hearns brings you that Isaiah Ford can't, if that makes sense. Isaiah Ford, he's kind of lingered on and off the practice squad. He performed well when he had his opportunities at the end of the year. Younger version of the same player. Not super dynamic. He's pretty fluid for his size, but he's not overly big. Just a guy, a solid depth receiver. You can get that guy anywhere. And if you can get him anywhere, you can get him on a rookie deal, why would we pay a guy $3.5 million? So if this expansion team wanted to take Alan Hearns, no skin off my back. The last offensive player hurt, though. Because it was JaKeem Grant. I love JaKeem Grant as a football player. I want to be abundantly clear about that. And he's a good dude, too. He's exactly the kind of person you want in the locker room. He's exactly the kind of player you want on the field. But can you keep him on the field? I don't know. And I'll tell you what. I've started doing groundwork evaluations for the 2021 NFL Draft for some of these wide receivers. A lot of speed. And speed kills. And obviously, Jakeem Grant, with his speed, is a very dynamic player. But he's played 10 games and ended both of the last two seasons on injured reserve. He's played in 10 games in each of the last two years, 10-10, and 10, and missed 6-6, six and, six and on IR. It's a problem for a guy who's your second most high-paid wide receiver. Five million dollars. It's not a small number. It's not a big number like Devontae Parker, after his explosion this year, is going to get twice that in 2020 or 2021. But even after they gave Devontae Parker the extension, Jakeem Grant is almost making as much money next year as what Devontae Parker is. Parker's owed 4.6 in 2020 and Jakeem Grant's at 4.4. So, knowing that Jakeem Despite the fact that he is super explosive, super twitchy, he looks great as far as the videos that he's putting out with his training. Because of his size, because of his durability, and the inconsistency there, and because of what he's getting owed as the Dolphins' second most high-paid wide receiver, I would make him eligible. Would I expect he gets picked? No. Because to some degree... The players that you nominate have to have an appeal to the team that's drafting them, too. But Jakeem Grant, I think, because it was either him or, like, Jesse Davis, who I think has value because he's a utility guy. Michael Dieter, but Michael Dieter's, like, he could play guard and center, and he's owed one-fourth of what Jakeem Grant's owed next year. The value was too good. I guess I could have put like Jordan Howard up, but then you're you're boxing yourself in because you're already losing Brita, and we'd be nominating Balaj to be available. Defensively, and that, that's why I divided this because four of the five were on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, there's not a lot of good options. Like Lawson, Agba, Wilkins, Raquan Davis, Jason Strowbridge, Curtis Weaver, those are the guys that are available. And then if they extended Devon Godshall. That's like one of the core identities of this roster, that and the secondary. The secondary was a hard pill to swallow too, but that's ultimately where I picked my fifth guy. So none of the linebackers that were eligible, only Van Noy, Jerome Baker, and Van Ginkle were eligible, by the way. Didn't want to nominate any of those guys. Byron Jones, Xavier Howard, Bobby McCain, Eric Rowe, Brandon Jones, Igbo. Not calling him by his real name. Got people actually going out of their way to sign up on Twitter and yell at me how to say Igbo's last name. He's Igbo. Period. Dolphins' third first-round pick this year. Who has not signed? He's one of two rookies who has not signed, him and Robert Hunt. I settled on Bobby McCain. And here's why. The two corners, obviously... Big money guys. But both are young. And Xavier Howard has a concerning history of knee injuries. So that is a storyline we are going to have to watch and be mindful of. Bobby McCain is the team's starting free safety. I think that is a position that can be upgraded. I think there's options in this year's draft to upgrade it. We know the Dolphins love athletes. Premier athletes. In the secondary. There's some premier athletes on the back end that are capable of filling such a role. Bobby has three years left on his deal, and he's due 6.2 this year and set over $7 million in each of the next two seasons. I like Bobby. But if I can get an upgrade at free safety, I'm gonna take it. And Bobby being owed over seven million dollars, Eric Rose owed $5 million over that same stretch a piece. The secondary is expensive. We would be probably benefited to continue to replace older guys with rookies and continuing to take advantage of all that draft capital that we have for cheap labor, which makes Bobby McCain and his $7.1 million 2021 salary the fifth and final name added to my list of eligible players for a hypothetical expansion draft. In summary, quarterback Josh Rosen, Running back Kalen Balaj, wide receivers Jakeem Grant and Alan Hearns, and defensive back Bobby McCain. Salaries there Bobby is the most expensive, 7.1 million. Jakeem Grant, almost 5 million, is the second most expensive. Alan Hearns, third most expensive, 3.5. Josh Rosen, just over 3. Kalen Bellage just over $1 million. Difficult exercise because you got to ask yourself a lot of questions about the future of the team and your vision for the players and how replaceable players would be if they actually the expansion team called your bluff and actually picked them. But I was very thankful to get this question courtesy of Power to the Pod, which is every Tuesday on Locked On Dolphins. So if you missed this week's, please go back and listen and then make sure you mark your calendar for next Tuesday and Monday because we're going to have a Monday show as well. I hope you keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. Come back and see us again on Monday. Hope you enjoy your weekend. Thanks, as always, for listening to Locked On Dolphins. This is Kyle Krabs signing off.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.